to Treasures of Truth, a daily broadcast from Monday through Friday where we encourage you to come and study the Bible with us. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church in Meridian, Idaho. Your host is Pastor Rick DeMichael. And during this series, Pastor DeMichael is teaching a lesson entitled Mormon Doctrines in Light of the Bible. Come find out what the Bible has to say on this issue. And please be sure to stay tuned after the broadcast as we will have a special offer for a free book on this very subject. And now your host, Pastor Rick DeMichael. All right, uh, we're going to look at where do the dead go. First of all, let's do some real, real quick review. First lesson was on the subject of final authority. What is the final authority for the Bible-believing Christian? And what is the final authority for the well-taught Mormon? Then we looked at the nature of God. Who is God? What is he like? What does the Bible say about him? How does he reveal himself? And we looked at the Bible, and then we looked at a stark contrast in Mormonism. We looked at the person of our Lord Jesus Christ in the same way. And then last week we looked at salvation or exaltation. And the Bible-believing Christian is tickled pink to the bottom of his soul to be saved from his sins and spend an eternity worshiping the God of this universe, the only God that there is, and the God of Revelation, the God of the Scriptures. A well-taught Mormon is not satisfied with that. He is seeking a form of exaltation which would make him a god on the par of a god or the god of this universe. And of course, uh, there's nothing biblical about the concept whatsoever. These ideas are found in those other sources, those other Mormon sources that we discussed in our first lesson. So again, uh, reiterating the thesis to all of this, sooner or later, you've got to make a comparison and then you've got to make a choice. Mormonism teaches this, the Bible teaches this, which will you choose? For my part, I like the Bible. Uh, you've got one book that is in perfect harmony with itself, 66 books, 40 authors, over a long period of time. It's historical and moral teachings are accurate and verifiable. And therefore, the things it speaks concerning heavenly matters are reliable and trustworthy. Remember something. When someone comes to you with a religious concept and speaks of the afterlife, the only way you can check him out is in the here and now of the time and space dimension. So if the book he offers as a final authority has errors in that area, then you've got some automatic suspicions about the things you can't verify. And again, going back to the Book of Mormon, there are places, there are peoples, and there are stories that cannot be backed up. Those things that are exclusive to the Book of Mormon are impossible to verify, not only on an archaeological level, but on a geographical level. And that's really the reason there is no Book of Mormon archaeology. If there is Book of Mormon archaeology, it's the stuff that runs uh, congruent with the Bible. But the Book of Mormon archaeology that's exclusive to the Book of Mormon, the peoples, the civilizations, and the stories, uh, these are impossible to verify on an archaeological basis because, for one thing, they don't even have geography yet. They don't even know where to start digging. And they've admitted so much. So I'll take a book that when it gives me something historical, it's accurate. 
when it gives me something in a time and space dimension that I can examine with the natural senses that God has given me, it's accurate. And I don't have to turn my brain off or set it aside. I can use it, and it's reasonable, and it's verifiable. And so consequently, when it speaks of the things which I cannot see, it's trustworthy and reliable in that area too. And not only that, the Spirit of God bears witness with my spirit that these things are true. Now, you don't want to get that in reverse. You don't want to start saying, well, I believe that because I just feel it's right. That's not your first line of proof. It's your last line of proof. Because again, when the Mormon missionary comes to your door and, and you express doubt about those things, what does he tell you to look for? Burning in your bosom. Okay, That is strictly subjective. It's not objective. I don't mean to be sarcastic, but burning in the bosom could mean you had pepperoni pizza last night. It didn't go down too good, amen? <laughs> you know, the lesson there is don't have pepperoni pizza before you go to bed, and you won't get a burning in the bosom. Uh, you've got to have objective evidence. So we've got a Bible that is complete, it's reliable, it's accurate, it's perfect, it's preserved in heaven, and it tells us about God, it tells us the way to God, and what we can expect from God, and what God expects from us, and so consequently... Uh, we have got the right information here. Not, as Peter said, cunningly devised fables. All right, let's take a look at where do the dead go. Let's take our Bibles and turn to first, or 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, Mormonism has successfully combined the pagan concept of man's pre-existence with an elaborate perversion of the Bible's teaching on the afterlife. And we'll look, first of all, at what the Bible says about the afterlife. Now, for the believer, for the believer, the scenario is very simple. When you die, death allows the release of the soul and the spirit to be in the immediate presence of God in the third heaven. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, Paul says, We are confident, and I say willing rather, to be absent from the body, and to be what? Present with the Lord. Absent from the body, and to be present with the Lord. Folks, there is no soul sleep. The body is said to sleep in the grave, but uh, soul and spirit are with the Lord at death. The Bible says in Acts 7, And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, and saying, Lord Jesus... Receive my spirit. Receive my spirit. And receive Stephen's spirit, the Lord did. Now the, uh, the believer's body is said to sleep and awaits a glorified resurrection and ultimately to be united with the soul and the spirit. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, portion of scripture I think most of you are familiar with, but let's look at it again. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are what? Asleep, there's the body, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. 
For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, when a Christian loses a loved one in the Lord, they sorrow, but not as those that have no hope. Because the picture for the lost is very different. Those that die without Christ go to a place of conscious punishment. This place is called hell. And I know a lot of the modernistic preachers and the free thinkers and the irreligious and the uh, religionist mind sciences and the Church of the Twisted Mind and all those other variations have taught there is no hell and that's inhumane and, you know, God is not going to punish people forever. But folks, the Bible hasn't changed on the subject. God hasn't changed his mind on the subject. And anytime you find a preacher air conditioning hell, it's because he's getting ready to move in. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 9, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Now again, as I preached to you just, I believe it was last Sunday morning, if it were up to me, there wouldn't be any hell. And, and I, I don't relish having to preach on it. But it's there. And when I say if it were up to me, there wouldn't be a hell, what I'm simply saying to you is I don't hate sin the way God hates sin. People don't understand hell because they don't understand the holiness of God. God abhors sins. Folks, God wouldn't let one sin into heaven. Do you realize that? Not one. Not one. And what's that all about? That's His holiness. All of His other moral attributes give way to that attribute of holiness. God cannot violate His holiness or God wouldn't be God. Now, of course... God found the solution to this dilemma in Christ. God could be just, Paul said in the book of Romans, and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. See, when we trust Christ as our Savior, we get imputed righteousness that's given to our credit, and God can still be just and let us into heaven. Isn't that great? See, God doesn't have to compromise his nature in the person of Christ. But folks, God is a holy God. And he'll not be in the presence of sin through all eternity. We would like to thank you for listening to Treasures of Truth. And we would also like to offer a free book about the content you just heard on Mormon doctrines in light of the Bible. To receive this free book, please contact the office at Treasure Valley Baptist Church. You can give them a call at 208-888-4545. That's 208-4545. The offices are open Tuesday through Friday. To hear more great messages by Pastor DeMichael, please feel free to visit our website at tvbc.org. That's tvbc.org. You can also follow us on Facebook. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church in Meridian, Idaho, and we would love for you to come join us in our services. Our Sunday school begins at 9.30 with the morning service at 10.45. We also have a Sunday evening service at 5.45. We also have great kids programs on Wednesday nights. At 7 o'clock, we've got the Master's Club, which runs during the school year. And at the same time, we have a Bible study for the adults in the main auditorium. With specialized classes and programs for all ages, as well as wonderful nurseries for the youngsters, 
Treasure Valley Baptist Church has a place for everyone. And don't forget about our vibrant programs for the teens and our college and career group. We hope to see you soon.